just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Glad to have you today. Loretta, great to have you. You're going to like this one. Uh, by the way, chat is open, so if you guys want to be a part of it, you feel free to do that. I, Okay, just as a baseline, every testimony is great. When one person comes to Christ, all of heaven rejoices. So no matter your testimony, it is beautiful. You should share it. Uh, and I also like hearing other people's testimonies. And the ones that, you know, I think there's just a human interest factor because sometimes you go, wow, I I mean, I I go, wow, God can do anything when I hear some of these testimonies because, uh, you know, a guy like me, his dad's a preacher, grew up in a church, came to Christ at an early age, not a big surprise. (laughs) But some people who come from places where, uh, you know, the world is crazy and they, they, they are uprooted and they go to another place where the world is not entirely sane and you go yet look what god has done in their lives it's just fun i just am encouraged by it and so today is very interesting um we this is someone that someone in our office heard speak and said you need to you need to talk to this person our audience needs to hear from grace wabuki klein Uh, And so she's my guest, and she's going to share what God's done in her life and continues to do in her life. And I can promise you, at the end of this 30 minutes, you're just going to be a little more excited about what God does in everyone's lives. So uh, it's great to have you, Judy. Hope you're doing well today. Um, Grace, great to have you on Life Today Live. I appreciate you just doing this. I'm so delighted to be here with you today. (laughs) Now, I... I was gonna say this right your countenance just your smile and you just have a, a radiance about you and I I know what that is and people will discover what that is but yeah. there's just there's God's just doing stuff in your life and it and it shows do you sense that absolutely he has done great things and is continuing to do great things and I'm just so grateful you know <laughs> who I am today is because of what he's done in my life and all that my parents instilled in me and brought me up, um, taught me about the Lord. And, and so I'm, I'm so grateful. Yeah. Okay. Well now let's go back to the beginning. Cause, uh, it, you honestly, your whole family could have been murdered before you were even out of diapers. Absolutely. You know, I was born in Uganda, which is in East Africa, and it was during the regime of Idi Amin, who was killing a lot of people. And history tells us that the first to be killed off are the educated. And my dad was a professor at the university at the time. He was leading a Bible study and Christians were being killed at that time. And so we actually lived in the apartment right underneath where Idi Amin's son lived. And so the military were in and out of the building all the time. Our phones were tapped. It was very dangerous time to to live. Um, My parents had friends who just disappeared because they were killed. And so I I remember I was I was only 18 months. So this, this is the stories my parents told me how they would pray Psalm 91 
every day and believing for God's protection and for him to guide them as to how to leave the country because you couldn't just flee you you know it was very dangerous and so um, the Lord put on my dad's heart to pack all the belongings that they had in university boxes and so it made it look like they were just moving apartments and so they left all their stuff with somebody and got to the border at the border we were being interrogated and detained and as an 18 month old baby i messed up my clothes and the guards just said just go get the messy baby out of here Mm -hmm. and we were able to cross from uganda into kenya and then from there we went to duluth minnesota but that story just shows me how the lord will use anything even messy diapers (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just how he is so faithful how he protected us and um how the lord um you know is true to his word in psalm 91 and um and so i'm so grateful so i know people ask um from the equator to duluth right, minnesota all places exactly right <laughs> where i was going why duluth minnesota nothing against duluth minnesota but right. wh- why that, would you go that, there the first winter nearly <laughs> killed us but see the thing this is before the days of internet and the only person my dad knew in the country was in duluth and he helped uh, my dad get his application for his phd program submitted so he was getting his phd in virology studying viruses so we ended up there and you know we, you would have thought that the winter would have been the hardest thing to adjust to <laughs> yeah. but it was actually the fact that at that time this was in the mid 70s the laws had changed but people's mindsets hadn't and so we had um people telling us they didn't want us there we had rocks thrown through uh, bricks thrown through our window tires slashed and probably the most hurtful one was um, we had the pastor of the local church that we had checked out. We were so excited to get involved in a community. And the pastor asked if he could come to our house. And so my parents were so thrilled. Wow, we get to have dinner with a pastor. My mom made an amazing meal and he sat down and started to talk a little uncomfortable. And he basically said, you know, um, that the church was uncomfortable with having a black family as part of the congregation. And he asked us to leave. Were, were you were you the only black family in the congregation? I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. This is Duluth, Minnesota. And so, so that was our, our welcome. And, um, and so one of the things people ask me all the time, well, how do you still continue, you know, f- believing in God and <laughs> staying planted in a church? Obviously we, we found a different church, but um, my parents i'm so grateful they didn't let that define who god is or who what it's like to be part of a church and so they really taught me about forgiveness and loving others and um and trusting god with our lives so i'm 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 curious about that you know i'm from texas and we're told you know by people in the north that it's the south that's racist a lot but (laughs) Was this just in the church or was this kind of in the community? Is Duluth just really, really white? Uh, I just, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. At the time, it really, really was. Um, I think now I think cities have become a little bit more diverse there, but it was definitely in the community, not just the church, that just people's mindsets were um, not the best at the time. And so thankfully we've come a long way. We're not perfect, but we've come a long way. Yeah. You're, you're, you're gracious, uh, but that is the kind of thing, as you know, 
some people never recover from. They they can't. It it, it can plant that root of bitterness that can really defile. Um, is it just the the grace of God, the the spiritual maturity of your parents that that prevented that from being a real turning point in your life that could have sent you in a direction that's not healthy? Right, right, absolutely. You know, I I really believe it's because my parents. Um, believe the word of God, and we all recognize what Jesus has done for us, you know, forgiving us. And we're like, okay, if he's forgiven us, and he's done so much for us, and he's forgiven these other people, like, who are we to say, you know what, they can't be forgiven. And I'm not saying it's easy, absolutely. But I do realize that had I not forgiven, if you fast forward, um, a few decades, you know, when I was in ministry um, on staff at a church, and um, when I met my husband, it was through the church, and so I just comes full mm-hmm. circle. And one of the things he was so blown away by when he met me, he said, "You went through all that, and you're still loving God, serving Him. You are the person that I <laughs> want to know and pursue." And so it's because of having walked through all that, I feel um, and really believe that it's um, trials and situations like that who, which really make us stronger and who we are and um, and become an opportunity to witness and, and minister to others. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, growing up in the home I did, with my, my dad being a preacher, I, you know, we grew up as, as you, you love everybody, you don't judge people because of the color of their skin, all that kind of stuff. And so I grew up fairly ignorant of a lot of the racism that's in the world. Um, yeah. And so I, I still, sometimes I go, what? And, and really, you know, and I see these things. And by the way, you know, gosh, down here in Texas, down in Uvalde, what, what happened yesterday, our hearts are broken. Yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the white guy that went to the tops to kill black people in Buffalo, New York, I, it just breaks my heart. I, I, I look at that and I'm, I want to hear your perspective, but I, I look at that and I go, we, you can pass whatever laws you want. I mean, last I checked, murder was illegal. That doesn't stop anybody from killing people. Mm-hmm. We need Jesus. Yes, yes. You know, it's the only solution to the violence, to the, you know, cross-cultural hatred and division. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's we have to, and, and yet our leaders, a lot of our leaders, a lot of our country, we, we want to have our head in the sand or even fight against the gospel. Mm-hmm. But I, and then I look at you and I go, no, th- this is the thing that has this. This is the identity that has given grace, the grace uh, and the the comfort and the encouragement and the everything to give you a a happy, peaceful life. Am am I reading that wrong? No, not at all. It is because the Lord and I can tell you there have been plenty of experiences in my life where I have been the recipient of of racist comments and interactions and things that um, are so painful. Um, But I, I remember as a little girl going to the mall with my mom and um, I had wandered off and in the next aisle, there was another little boy who looked at me and he pointed at me kind of like with a confused look. And then he looked up at his mom and he said, mommy, 
why is her skin so dark? Didn't she take a bath? And I just was like, I turned around, didn't know who he was talking about. I realized it was me. And then his mom, I guess she, she was so embarrassed. She just whisked him away. Oh, sure. And I really wish she had said something because I remember going home as a little girl, not knowing any better, going into the bathroom and trying to wash the dirt off my skin. Mm, God. And I know sometimes um, in different situations, people get nervous as far as should I say something? What right. if I say the wrong oh, yeah. thing? But I, you know, really wish if she had just said four words in that moment, it would have set me on a whole different path, just saying she's is not dirty, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I went down a path of just saying, God, you know, the Bible says or my Sunday school teachers say I'm created in your image. But, you know, I'm hearing that I'm dirty. And then, of course, in school, I was being teased, you know, um, relentlessly. And I'm so grateful, though, that my parents began to teach me who I am in Christ and my Sunday school teachers. And Randy, it was the word of God, me opening it up myself when I was able to read and discovering I'm a child of God. Yep. I'm an heir. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm God's masterpiece. That greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And that I'm the head and not the tail. And I began to live into that and believe that, that this is true. And I'm like, wow, I'm a child of the king. All right. My heavenly father has angels watching over me. And, um, and it changed how I saw myself. And that came through being in the word of God, which is why I'm so passionate about it, because it has made me who I am today. Um, and also taught me how to forgive, you know, when yeah. those instances happen, taking the pain to the Lord and say, God, that was so hurtful. Um, please heal my heart, you yeah. know, and, um, yeah. and allow me to be able to, to move forward from this. It's a good thing the Bible says be angry but don't sin because some stuff like that, I just want to punch people. <laughs> but it's like oh, the anger, I get it, but don't, but don't don't go punching people. So I don't. So I don't. Right. Since <laughs> right, since since that realization, um, where has that taken you in in life? You know, I just have been so grateful for how I've been transformed through the word of God and seeing what he's done in my life that I have a passion to tell others as well. You know, we live in such a broken world. We live in such a, you know, you were talking about all the racism and the, these uh, just atrocious things that are happening. It's a sin problem, yeah. you know, and, and I feel like we have the answer, you mm -hmm. know, and I'm, I'm so passionate about um, sharing that with people however I can, that there is a loving father who wants to be in relationship with you and bring healing to these areas of hurt um, that you're walking through and be someone that you can turn to in any situation. And so I, um, like I mentioned, was in full-time ministry as um, associate pastor for 15 years. And then my husband and I got married. We have a ministry now, um, Focus 412, that helps churches grow. And um, and then I travel and speak and I'm working on writing book as well. So however I can connect with people and tell them about the love of Jesus, it's the greatest honor to do that. I want to, I want to go off my notes for a second because you brought something up that uh, <laughs> has I know it's a it's a public disagreement out there and I've been vocal about it and I'm going to continue to be and 
people can keep making comments. I, 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 you, you said you're an associate pastor. Um, yes, sir. You are very clearly a woman. I can define a woman. I, I, I know the Supreme Court may not be able to. I can define what a woman is. Okay. Um, you, you, you speak. You, you teach. Yes, sir. You preach. Yes, sir. Um, and, and I can go right through the scripture and tell you why I, I think we're misapplying it today. Uh, I think women who are called to teach and preach and pastor should. I'm guessing you do too. Yes, sir. <laughs> I know you've had to work through this, so I'm not bringing this up as uh, something you've never thought about. What's your perspective yeah. on that? Because I think we need to hear it. Yes, I just... I think it's the greatest honor to be used by the Lord to draw people closer to him. And as Phil and I travel, we honor whatever house or culture that we're in, you know, and don't come in and say, hey, it has to be this way. Hmm. Um, We're working with different churches. So that's where they're at in their journey. For me, I have grown up in, in a household, both my home and my spiritual home, where it was one where the Lord wants to use all people mm-hmm. to bring all to him. Mm-hmm. And so that is um, what I believe, what I've seen role modeled, and I've seen the fruit of that as well. And we see that throughout history. So many women have come along before me who the Lord has used in such a mighty way. And um, I was so blessed to be able, if I could just share the um, church that I grew up in, um, in Southern California, Dr. Jim and Marguerite Reed um, with Faith Community Church had the, um, what he would always say that the Lord put on his heart that out of this church would come a handful of people with the level of influence of uh, Martin Luther King or Billy Graham. Mm. And he'd always end by saying, and I don't know which one she is. <laughs> and you could just see the level of, I mean, the woman in the church, young and old, the Lord wants to use me. Yeah. I mean, it's the greatest joy to be used of the Lord. And I would not want to hold anybody back in that. And, from doing that. Now, different offices and positions, yes, people can discuss that um, and and see what works for them. But I just think the Lord, I mean, hey, in the Old Testament, he used a donkey, you know, to speak. He used young, old, male, female. So I think he continues to do that today. Yeah, I do too. I um, got I got into the discussion, a polite discussion, um, with a, you know, traditional denominational pastor, in the denomination that I grew up in, which taught that women don't preach. Um, and he, he said, well, you know, teaching. And I said, well, do you, do you learn anything from your mother? And he kind of, he kind of, he goes, well, yeah. And I said, do you, do you ever learn from your wife? Cause if you don't, you probably should. Right. <laughs> I mean, I said it with a smile, you know, uh, but he said, no, no, it's just, it's just in the pulpit in, in the position. And, and I was like, okay. And I, I get the context, and that's why I think uh, this is not a violation of Scripture. I get the context of which mm-hmm. Paul was speaking in both right, right. Uh, Timothy and one of the Timothys and what was it, Corinthians or something, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And in, anyway, I don't want to go too far down that road. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. want to encourage people, whatever God has put on your heart to do, you, you learn to hear his voice and you obey. That's the exactly that's the path of scripture it randy that's it and you don't 
you you don't let people stand in your way and the hard part is when respected spiritual leaders oppose you and they're wrong because you don't mm-hmm. want to just assume everybody's wrong and I'm right that's that's mm-hmm. you know foolishness too all right mm-hmm. um, one thing that you do talk about that I want I'm curious about is you talk about the power of prayer the role yeah. of prayer in your life and this yeah. is an easily overlooked thing you know um, you know yesterday we were, we're hearing it yesterday and today our thoughts and our prayers are with mm-hmm. the families and and literally especially if you go to the cesspool that is Twitter people saying your your prayers don't matter your you know enough of your prayers it hadn't stopped anything bad from happening before mm-hmm. has prayer had an impact on your life oh absolutely and I'm so grateful that I discovered the power of it when I was a little girl. Mm. You know, I remember being in elementary school and we had a family friend who was really sick. And so um, my family, we decided we were gonna pray for them. And I committed to praying for this person and and they were healed. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this works. <laughs> and um, and so that was something that started a journey. You know, my parents would have us, uh, you know, African parents, we were fasting and praying <laughs> from a very young age. But I thought what might be helpful for listeners though, because I can be on here talking all day about the many things that um, the Lord has answered prayers over the years, but it's the times when he didn't answer, Randy, right. where Lord, where are you? And how come you're answering the prayer for somebody else and having to seem silent? You know, you know, when my parents got divorced in college, I was like, Lord, you know, I didn't see this coming or um, I was praying for healing because um, I had developed a lot of fibroids and, you know, they removed them, they came back. And ultimately I had to have a hysterectomy before having any birth children, natural birth children. And so it's like, Lord, I prayed for healing. How come you didn't? Um, But probably the biggest one, and I'll share this, was when my dad passed away and I'm a daddy's girl. I had had my time with the Lord that morning and flew out to surprise my mom for Mother's Day. My dad was just going in for a simple procedure um, simple test, nothing difficult. I talked to him the night before, he was fine. By the time I landed in California to surprise my mom, I got a call from an unknown um, man saying he was a doctor and he said, we did everything we could. And I was like, excuse me, who is this? And what does this mean? I mean, it was so Mm. bizarre, I had no idea. And so I finally figured out what he was telling me that my dad had passed away. And I was a mess. I had to jump on back on the plane and the whole time crying and God, why didn't you tell me to come see him in his final moments? Like I had just spent time with you. There was time for you to put on my spirit, mm. go to Minnesota. Cause my, my, I would have listened, you know, mm. if there was urgency to do that. And so I really had a hard time with God. Why didn't you tell me not that he owes us anything, but you know why? And then I started to develop fear after that. Um, anytime my husband would go somewhere, like what if something happens to him? Sure. Where I'm heading with this is that it wasn't until about maybe a year later um, when I felt the Lord say, Grace, stop living in fear. Your dad was ready to go. I tell you, I finally was able to release it because I realized what was the worst day of my life, Randy. I mean, I'm daddy's girl, Um, my hero, everything. 
And what was the worst day of my life was my dad's best day. In other words, he had been walking with the Lord for over 50 years. Mm. And on this day, he got to see the Savior, mm. our Savior, face to face mm. and be in heaven. And I just, I finally was able to say, okay, God, I now get it. I now understand. And so I want to just encourage anybody who may be listening. You may say, you know, I prayed for the marriage and my marriage and it still fell apart. I developed this sickness. I've been praying to get pregnant, keep having miscarriages, whatever it may be, you've lost your business. I just want to encourage you as one who has been walking with the Lord for over 40 years, that he is with you, that he is faithful, that he is working and that you can trust him, that he is going to bring you through and he's going to give you the strength that you need. And I pray that someday your story will also be helping somebody else who was going through a difficult time as well. Yeah, and and that is is tough. I I I understand to a degree. I lost my younger sister almost ten years ago now, to cancer. And you know the, <laughs> it's 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 kind of not funny, haha, but kind of funny, odd. If you step back and go, okay, we as Christians, we love to talk about how great heaven is and, you know, to be with Jesus and all these things. But as soon as we lose somebody and, mm-hmm. and, and they're a Christian, we feel this, this tearing and, and yes. this, you know, emotions that can really go, you know, like, God, why would you do that? She, you know, she was, my sister was 40. She had three young children. She didn't deserve that. She didn't, why would you do that, God? You know, and it's it does i think sometimes and by the way jesus gets it we're not condemned for that that is that is fine uh but to get where you got which is to go wait a minute all of none of us get out alive and if if the point of this life is to come to christ so that we can live forever in eternity with him why do we resent when one of our loved ones goes before us yeah yeah and it really takes it takes an e- what I call an eternal perspective. I didn't make that up, but uh, it, I think once you get that, you can have a peace in the middle of that yes. storm. And, yeah. and that's what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not saying it's easy. No, it's not. Knowing that they are in the best place that you could even imagine um, and that you have the hope of seeing them someday is, is, is comforting. Yeah, I yeah, and the the guarantee, the guarantee mm-hmm. of seeing them. You you yeah. know, because you are in Christ, and he yes, was. Absolutely. You know, you will see him, and you're going to spend a lot more time with him than you have spent apart from him. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, those are okay. The big things, big things. Um, I want to hit a couple things before I let you go, and and I just love just the conversation and and sharing yeah. the time with you. But I, I want to show people your website, and I have one question because. Bob Goff is a friend of the ministry. I love Bob. And he's right there on your website. Grace, this is gracewabukikline.com, by the way. Um, what, what is, is there an association there? Um, he's just a, a good friend and mentor. Okay. And the Lord, Lord used him at a time in my life where I was ready to go this way, kind of do a Jonah thing. <laughs> and he spoke something over me. He's like, Grace, 
people need to hear from you. You have something to say. And at the point, I was ready to abandon ship from ministry because I wanted to be married. And anytime I went out on a date in California and people found out that I was in full-time ministry, it was like, out of here, you know, or <laughs> even that, or the people I was like, oh, that's not going to work, you know. And so, actually, a huge part of my story is on um, waiting and trusting God um, for my husband. But I want to make sure I'm not digressing from whatever questions. You no, 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 <laughs> well, no, because that 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 is my next question, which is your last um, name. You 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 still got the Ugandan Wabuki in there, but now you have this wonderful German name in there, uh, yeah. <laughs> and and it. Uh, ties into this, which is focus412.org. And I just want people to hear real quickly about that, what you are doing now with your with okay. your husband. Okay, yes. So we have a ministry called Focus 412, which is based on Ephesians 412, training the saints for the work of the ministry. And my husband comes out of corporate America and um, did some time at, on the lead team at Elevation. And then his first wife passed away of cancer. And in that time, he stepped away and um, was helping, um, focusing on raising his daughters. And during that season, other churches started asking him, hey, can you help us do what you did at Elevation, help go multi-site, put systems and, stru and structures in place. And so basically, um, we are a team of about 10. We travel and work with churches across the country, help pastors with a lot of things that you don't learn in seminary, which mm -hmm. is the systems and structures and leadership, um, culture, all those different things. And um, we just have the greatest time partnering with um, churches to make a greater impact for the kingdom. And to not belabor the obvious, you married a white guy. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Did you see that one coming? Did you ever see that one coming? No, I used to say I wanted to marry a chocolate bald head man of God. And so my pastor's wife, she'd always say, what about white chocolate? And so, but anyway, um, so I just, I'm so grateful. You know, I have, um, I just love to testify what God did and I'll do it real brief because I was single for almost um, over 20 years and it was definitely challenging at times, you know, when you're in ministry, there's always a baby shower, bridal shower, mm -hmm. wedding, all those different things. But I am convinced, I, I have a true conviction, conviction that God brings two people together to do greater things for the kingdom than yeah. they're doing on their own. Yeah. And that is a purpose for marriage. I was doing some great things. So I was determined for to wait for who God had for me. Didn't think it would take that long, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> but I can testify now it's worth the wait. Mm. And so Phil came along to work with our church and I can tell you that while I've been on uh, uh, plenty of other dates, most people I'd ask them what their purpose was and I'd be like, really, that's it? Mm. Bye, Felicia. Mm. But when he told me his purpose was to build the kingdom um, by building leaders in the church, I was like, we can partner with that. And so Phil was my first boyfriend and my first kiss at age 42. <laughs> And um, I can tell you it wasn't easy, but it's definitely worth the wait. And now as we travel, I get to encourage women, um, young and old, uh, God's faithfulness. And um, it's partially what started the book that I'm working on. I'm working on a book that will come out next year. Mm -hmm. And it's basically about, um, you know, 
people would ask me, how did you not compromise? How did you keep trusting God and, and have faith? And so it's about keeping the faith when the struggle is real, you know, and your struggle might be believing for a child and in, in the midst of so many miscarriages, believing for healing, for a financial breakthrough, or um, in my case, to get married. And so it's the story of how God is faithful. And then there's the purpose in this whole season, I discovered that there was a reason for all that. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard, but um, the Lord. Oh, oh go ahead. You, you have no, a question? no, go ahead. Finish okay. your thought. I'll just, I'll just end with this because I asked the Lord for so many years, Randy, why are you having me wait so long? Like all these young girls would come and get married and some people were on to their second marriages. And I was like, can I just get a date? You know? And so it wasn't until after I got married and I was like, Lord, why do some people wait only two years? And I had to wait two decades. And I clearly heard the Lord say, Grace, do you want a faith that is two years deep or two decades deep? Mm. And same thing with spiritual authority. And so my friend and anybody else that's listening, I want to encourage you that there is purpose in whatever you are going through right now, that God is doing things in you, developing things in you that can only be developed in this season that you're going through. I am the woman I am today um, with uh, lots of faith um, because of what I walked through. I know that the Lord is faithful. And so I just want to encourage you, whatever you may be facing today, that the Lord is working. He, it has been, he will continue to do so. Here's what I was, was going to say, because I, here's what I see, and you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't yep. mind that. I see someone who uh, has faced lots of things, okay? Initially, the uprooting and moving halfway around the world, uh, facing racism, and then facing pain, heartache, loss, uh, and then facing the big question of why, you know, why am I not getting my prayer answered, my prayers answered? You know, God, what are you doing? But you chose to trust him through those things, not let those things become barriers to your relationship with Christ. Right. And now looking back, you can testify and say, okay, I see his hand through it all. And what I want people to hear is that whatever you faced in your life, whatever you're facing in your life, past, present, you Go put it at Jesus' feet, lay it down, hang on to that relationship with him. Yes. And I, I'm just telling you, I, I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can't imagine life without him. Can you imagine trying to maneuver this world today without him? Mm. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Yep. So, so I love it. I, and I see, I told you you'd be encouraged by the end of this. Grace, thank you so much. Is there anything I missed that you want to let people know about before I let you go? Because I, I just, I appreciate you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be with you and everybody watching. Um, I'd love to hear from you. It's Grace Wabuki Klein on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook. Would love to hear from you and pray for you, however I can help. Wonderful. And there, there's the website on the screen right now, gracewabukiklein.com. Uh, and that's how you spell our name for all the social medias. So you can <laughs> check that out. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, again, hit share, a like, follow, subscribe, whatever. And en- encourage people through the testimony of another, uh, another 
beautiful sister in Christ of mine and most of yours out there. And if not, we invite you into the family yeah. uh, and invite you back to Life Today Live. We'll see you again next time. Be true to what you said on paper.